0: downtown sports it's the mouth of the south john Shivoni and uh for the first time in the history of this podcast in fact for the history of this program filling in as a co-host for mr john pariente is patrick creighton
1: oh the show's done now it's over
0: no it's not over burning it, burning in flames it's just begun it's just freaking begun and beast is very happy with this he says He says he's tired of listening to me react to these top 10. So it's my turn. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And usually they don't. Like I said, the staff doesn't send me these lists. Okay. now I'm impressed. You have a staff. Yeah, I don't have a staff. Well, look, I got I got a statistician and a researcher who love the hell out of us and have worked with us forever. Shouts to Crystal Large and Tony Mainville. Also, we have a producer. Oh, Friday, Tanya Williams. She's freaking amazing, too. I actually want to give these people shout outs at the front of the program. We usually wait till the end. But people deserve to know who these people are. Hey, you know what? That's
1: awesome because I have an evening radio show on ESPN Houston. You know who my statistician is? Me. You know who my research person is? Me. I, I want a statistician and a researcher.
0: I mean, hey, if you You're want living the can... life up there. Yeah, I mean, we get can... Well, nobody gets paid. That's the that's the one problem. Like, I think uh, they get like one of these a week. This is a penny. If you could actually see it, if you melt it down, it might be worth more than it is. But here's the thing. They no. are generally very scared to give me these lists because so a little
1: like free Sunday trip to Chick-fil-A.
0: Yeah, no, we don't really have these here. You haven't Chick fil A yet? No, not really. There was only, there's only the only Chick fil A in New York City that I know of is next to a strip club. A Chick-fil-A. Well,
1: listen, Chick fil A is, is the golden goodness of the gods. And anytime you can get Chick fil A, you should go to Chick fil A.
0: Makes- there should be one
1: in Levittown. I know there's one out in, um,
0: uh, like, Hopwag area. Yeah, it's out see, on three forty-seven. I, I forgot. You guys from Long Island seem to think Long Island is a part of New York when we say New York. Um, it, 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 it's more. It, it's I'm more sorry, like, I didn't quite
1: hear what you said there, John. Like, um, I got a little something in my eye here. Um, yeah, I think you need that? to clean.
0: I think you need to clean your ears with it. Um, <laughs> here's the point, though. No, they're actually starting to build one. I think in Rosedale. Anyway, uh, don't like their company. But how did Rosedale
1: Chick-fil-A? get a Chick Fil A? Why isn't it like in Bay? Side or in Douglas thing or, you no, know, or, in
0: Flushing or... Because I... Th- honestly, honestly, it's not going to do well in Flushing. You're not going to get real estate there. Like, uh, it, think about it. Chick-fil-A, John, Boba Tea That doesn't work. John,
1: it's Chick-fil-A. It'll always do well. Because it's Chick-fil-A. It's well, that good. You got to have Chick-fil-A. Once you start... See, I had never had Chick-fil-A. Uh, until I moved down here, and now there's a. They have um, a tiered system on their app for rewards, so you get points to get free food. So there's like a silver, and then there's a gold, and then there's a platinum, and then there's a red, and then there's like above red, which is you basically have stock in the company, and that's where I am.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, then i um, sponsored by Chick-fil-A, except they didn't cut me a check. Uh, all right, let's get to this uh, MLB top 10. I'm actually going to open it right now. I was instructed not to open this until now. And. Oh, good God. See, this is why they don't send me this crap. This is why they don't send me this crap, because then all of a sudden I just start. I'm not even going to bother cursing or yelling or screaming. I'm just going to put a tight, tiny little edit note because I don't need to waste my voice, although I really do want to curse and scream. So this is just going to be one big bleep.
1: Tell us how you really feel, Johnny.
0: Number 10. Now, if you think the power rankings are this is something else. Number 10, the St. Louis Cardinals. And although I don't disagree with that though, that's actually not the point where I got that mad, but they're second in the central at the time of this list, they were 32 and 26 gold Schmidt looks like he's turned back the damn clock. And well, Adam Wainwright. What? Wow. So this is the 2000 Cardinals.
1: Well, um, it would, it, it would be the 2006 Cardinals with Adam Wainwright, um, which yeah. we try to forget that, that year actually happened. Yeah. Uh, and look, Paul Goldschmidt has been MVP level, Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, the problem is the, the Cardinals will beat up in the pitching department. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the last week or so, their staff ERA has been absolutely brutal. Now, usually the Cardinals are a really good pitching team. So when they're not a really good pitching team, we all tend to notice more, like maybe than any other team other than the Dodgers, yeah. where if your pitching is, is, is crapping out, wait, they're the Cardinals. Their pitching never craps out. So the Cardinals have been struggling. They've been beat up. They've had some injuries in the, in the pitching department. Um, they're in a weak division so 32 and 25 32 and 26 uh, not up to their standard of play per se but again you, you're in the right division the NL Central is one of the two weakest divisions in baseball uh, you know the, the, the Brewers other one is the, the NL team. East <laughs>
0: truthfully the Brewers of the you have to tell the truth
1: well, no the two weakest divisions well, the AL West is the AL West
0: is competing though
1: the two weakest divisions are both centrals both central divisions are, are the weakest divisions. But the Cardinals, really, their their number one team they got to catch is the Brewers. The Brewers are not that far ahead. The
0: exactly. Brewers have their own
1: issues. And they, and they By the way,
0: be. you just mentioned them. They're number nine. Uh, they're number 9 uh, First in the central. Uh, they lost six straight, though, to get there.
1: See uh, – the And it's probably fair that the Brewers aren't going to continue to tank, but they, they are going to have – they have to do something about the offense, right? It's – all right, Josh Hader blew a game. The whole world exploded I because told Josh Hader least. never blows
0: a game. So he blew a game. Yeah, he, he he's texted runs. me, right? He texted me, right? He said, why did you speak that into existence? I'm like, because <laughs> I told you. He wasn't going to have a zero ERA forever. The fact that he waited until June to give up a run, you should be, if you're a Brewers fan, on your knees thanking every deity that's ever existed. Like, f- find a picture of the flying spaghetti monster and, and give it a burnt offering to- for what Tater has done so far. So the
1: biggest issue with the Brewers is, you know, the last week, they're hitting 190. Yeah. Right? they They are not hitting, and... While you know the very early returns on the Christian Yelich deal were, oh my gosh, they totally stole Christian Yelich. Look, he's the MVP. Well, look what he's done since then. Yeah, it's not pretty. Uh, And they're gonna, you know, wind up paying him a lot of money, or they're gonna have to, well, replace him. And I don't know the the Brewers. Look, they're they're not a team that has a ton of money. I think the Brewers will probably max out their payroll at 130 million, 135 million, probably max Q for them. Uh, they are a team that... I think they need the Wilpons as
0: owners. I think they would actually get $180 million payroll out of the Wilpons. (laughs) They'd be better.
1: Only if Bertie Madoff's out of jail. But the Brewers, look, they are the smallest market team in baseball. They're like market 36. Wow. Right? They're the smallest market in baseball. So every time you hear Rob Bamford, well, the small market teams, the smallest market is market 36 so when he says small market, he's blowing smoke up everybody's tail. There's no small markets. Not everybody is New York, L.A., Chicago. But it's not like, you know, they're playing in Des Moines. They're freaking Milwaukee. So but Milwaukee, you know, traditionally, they're they're a lower payroll team. And they've got to find a way to to boost the offense because their offense is what is the most needy right now. They have some really good pitchers that most people don't know about because, well, they pitch in Milwaukee. Yeah, That team can pitch.
0: They have two all-stars as as their number one and two. In fact, they're probably the third best staff in baseball behind a healthy Mets staff and a Dodgers staff.
1: They've got to find a way to boost the offense. That's their biggest issue. The Brewers uh, right now, I'd still say they're the favorite to win the NL Central.
0: Well, right now, luckily for both of these teams, the other team has sucked just as bad while they've been sucking. So I guess it kind of worked out for those two teams right there. Uh, albeit Milwaukee did have to brush back to the pack. Let's stay in the central for number eight. And I called it. A lot of people that said I was crazy. They said I was nuts. I said that Urshela trade did. The twins. If they get anything out of Gary Sanchez, it's a win. Then they sign Correa. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Luis Arez led twins. 359 batting average, 447 on base percentage. Urshel is hitting like over his last 12 games, 350 with two homers and nine RBIs. He's hitting better right, as a got than got as a 15 Yankee. homers. Byron Buxton's got
1: 15 homers. I'm talking by hook or by crook, legal or not, the Twinkies have to find a way to make sure Byron Buxton stays healthy for 145 games. That dude is a legit stud player. And they can just keep him on the damn field. Uh, their pitching is a little better than I think a lot of people expected. Funny thing was uh, before the season, like you, I, I thought the Twinkies had. Uh, certainly a shot at a playoff spot, outside shot at winning the division.
0: Well, oh, I thought the they were going to win the division that. straight up. In fact, I actually thought they were going to be a top four team in the league.
1: I didn't think they'd be that good, but I expected more from the White Sox who have, uh, well, their biggest their biggest obstacle they have to overcome is the guy who's filling out the lineup card. But Minnesota, I thought, you know, if things went right and they didn't have a ton of, big-time injuries, that that was a team that had a shot to win 90 games and at least get a wild card team. The Twinkies really under, you know, they they, they, they underperformed last year. And I think people kind of got the wrong idea of all oh, the teams falling apart and aren't any good anymore. Well,
0: the Bomba squad Boston is reformed. Brand new. Arias
1: is here. Correa has been really good since he came off uh, the injured list. And this is a team that has five starting pitchers on the injured list, including Kenta Maeda, who's, you know, maybe one of their best pitchers. But Sonny Gray's been on the IL. Joe Ryan's been on the IL. Kenta Maeda, Chris Paddock, Bailey over. They got five starters on the IL, and they're still seven over. And as long as, long as they don't play the Astros, who beat the snot out of them, uh, and maybe don't play the Yankees, 90 wins is not outside the possibility in that division. It's a bad division, and uh, look, the the Tigers stink, the Royals stink, uh, the White Sox are being led by the Royals a guy are the who worst team in baseball. Of years ago,
0: I think according to ESPN rankings, the Royals are the worst team in baseball, and the Tigers are like one A in terms of who's yeah, the they're, worst. they're
1: close, right? At least, at least the Royals will be able to trade Andrew Benintendi and get some prospects at the deadline. How many teams will Andrew Benintendi fit on at the deadline?
0: A lot. Uh, there, there, there's one in the Bronx that I'm thinking of, you know, right now. It, it's just coming to my head. I just I, I just see the, the four train, you know, just pop up in my head right now. You know, but then again, the Yankees don't have a good uh, history with taking former Boston stars. I wouldn't do that. Number seven nice little segue If Johnny
1: Damon worked out. Okay.
0: Yeah. Nobody else did. Um, Number seven is the blue Jays and they're finally playing like the team that we thought they were going to be at the start of the year. Everybody always said, well, this is Toronto's year to be the number one team in the East, the number one team, possibly in baseball. This is their chance. And Well, they started the year playing like crap, but now, you know, talent is talent. You can't, you can't get over this. Like, and by the way, we're going to talk about guys that aren't the big paid stars Alejandro Kirk over, I believe his last 20 games is hitting three eighty five with four home runs and 11 RBIs.
1: Well, Alejandro Kirk, since you mentioned him, uh, actually leads all American league catchers in batting average on base percentage weighted runs created plus and war and that is a guy that nobody knew who the hell that dude was coming into the season they've gotten terrific production from an unknown source now look vlad guerrero jr is going to hit a zillion bombs yep. that team is going to hit a lot of home runs and the way to i can't the believe Jays, i'm going to say that, that kid they has got to keep him in the park
0: that kid hits better than his father yeah. Uh, I, 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 it, it, for any of you, and I, I know I just slightly aged myself, but that kid It's better than it's dad. Than his dad. Hits, it's unbelievable. And he's just like his dad. You know, whether
1: the ball is eye level or an inch off his shoe tops, he can hit it four hundred and fifty feet. It's it's unbelievable. Uh, the Jays have a ton
0: of uh, where do you have the Jays ranked on this list? Right now they have the Jays at seven. I think that might be low. I think so, too. I think
1: that might be low.
0: Especially considering that they put Tampa at six.
1: Yeah, I definitely think. Uh, now do you see Toronto where. Should what, be ahead of
0: Tampa. Now do you see where, like, the, the vein above my eye is just starting? It's just starting. So do they have San Diego ahead of Toronto, too? Uh, we'll find out. But let, let's, let's look at the Rays here real quick. Because, you know, we got the. Jays and the Rays, who are pretty – well, the Rays do technically at this point. Are they a game ahead of the, – are they a half game ahead of the Blue Jays, 34-23 at the time of this? Yeah, I guess that makes sense if you're looking at the record. But Toronto has been playing much better baseball than Tampa, but Tampa isn't well, necessarily Tampa just terrible. had a
1: pair of games against the Orioles where they had a pair of walk-off losses to the, to the O's. That's, those are tough games to lose. In that oh, they're division, doing the in, in, in that division, you can't lose games to the Orioles because the other four teams in that division will all cut your throat. So like, it, it, when you are in the AL East and you know it's the toughest division in baseball, you, you have to beat up on the punching bag that the Orioles are, and you can't let them steal a pair of games for you in their final at bat. Uh that's those are gonna hurt. Now, Jeffrey Springs has been really good for uh, for the Rays this year. You know, young left-hander, uh, he's his ERA is like under one seven. Uh he's made seven starts and like fifteen appearances. Well, Shane uh, McLean exactly.
0: twelve starts, seven and two, one point eight seven ERA as well. The, you got the, that.
1: The Rays just keep finding ways. To get young arms to come up from the minor leagues, they come up and they all pitch great.
0: You know what I thought? I just and I, I had a, I was thinking about this over the past couple of days. How is this possible? And, and and it just occurred to me. Imagine you're in the minor leagues in any other organization, right? Hell, even the pirates. Uh, even the pirates, because you don't want to be in the minor leagues of the pirates. It, it still sucks whether you get to. The you don't want to be
1: anything to do with the pirates.
0: Exactly. So uh, aside from the pirates. If you go on Tampa, whether you're double A to triple A, if you have any sort of talent and can help the team, you're going up and not only are you going up, you're going up to a title contending team. Every year they're contending for division championships. They're in league championship series. Maybe the motivation, just because like, imagine you're in triple A, you're one injury away from being a superstar. Maybe getting traded off as a trade piece to another team, getting signed for a bunch of money, maybe just being in that farm system, knowing that there's an opportunity for you coming up. Just, I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe the. I think it's the culture of the team. The Rays really makes it an, happen. As an organization,
1: the Rays are a well-oiled machine. You look at the way that team operates. They pitch. They throw strikes. They play great defense. They run the bases. Uh, for the most part, even their weaker hitters have some kind of power. Offense is always the hardest thing for them because they've got to find, you know, young guys who are going to come up and hit. And then that's why when you have, uh, you know, Arena and, and you have Franco, you have these guys who come up and, and, they, and they hit and they hit like crazy. Uh, and you're like, okay, this guy's going to be on our lineup for the next six, eight, nine years. Those guys will, will be they'll, they'll have him until they gotta pay him big money, you know they, they gave Franco a, a huge contract for a guy in his position never been given out before. Now, if you look at it grand scheme of things, you're saying wow they they've saved a ton of money. How look how many years of arbitration, years of free agency they're buying out, but they gave him a deal that's never been given out before, uh, knowing that here's a young guy that they have really high expectations for and they want to keep him on the team long term. Offense is always the hardest thing for them to come by. They always seem to find ways to pitch and they can always play defense and they don't beat themselves. No. And when you have a t- look whatever, like they can scratch four runs across, they've got a shot to win because they're not going to give a ton of runs and they're not going to shoot themselves in the foot with stupid plays on the field.
0: <clears throat> no, but the thing is look at the other teams in that division. Boston's got to spend a ton of money. Toronto had to spend a ton of money to get themselves to where they are today the Yankees continue to waste a ton of money and they still get accused of not spending any. And they're all doing that to literally keep up with a team that pretty much, if, if they could spend only $90 million a year, they would. I mean... But here's,
1: here's the biggest difference between those teams that spend money and the teams that don't. Names sell Seats. The Yankees will sell out. The Red Sox will always sell out. The Jays are drawing big. All right. What's happening, though, is the Rays, they can't draw flies. And part of it is their building, trying to get to the building from Tampa to St. Pete. It's a gigantic pain in the tail. Uh, there's like one road in. You got to go over a bridge. It's like nobody wants to do it. Uh, it's an older building, but they don't—they can't draw flies. And it doesn't that's matter. Mean, because, how good they are, I, and they've been good for a long time. I think that's the fault of the league, though. Draw honestly. lines Th- that and that do not draw. Be. You can't you can't spend if exactly. You
0: don't draw. But it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be that a te- that an organization like Tampa doesn't have MLB literally pushing how they're like hashtag hashtag uh fr- hashtag Scrooge McDuck or something. You know, just just to get it popular, like. I don't know who we're, I don't know anything about social media but I swear to god there are people that do and major league baseball seems to employ none of them but at all they,
1: The bottom line is they need a new building and they need that building in Tampa and they're probably not going to get it anytime soon You know they they've got their lease in St. Pete they need the building to be in Tampa it's it's not a great situation. Baseball knows it's not a great situation. They tried to come up with that split between Tampa and Montreal, the league put the kibosh on that. If they had at least half their games in Montreal, you know what? They'd sell out. If the Rays went to city's Montreal, been, they'd sell that out. That city's
0: been... Number five. San Diego Padres. Um, okay. I mean, Manny Machado is great, but his batting average has dipped slightly. Um, Cronenworth is hitting, what, 444 over his last five? Three homers, though. That's that's cool. Musgrove is great. Ranks fourth in the MLB as a starter. 1.64 ERA, 10 starts, 6-0 record. Why does this seem very eerily similar to last year to me, you know, when the Padres had a great first half of the year and then all of a sudden they just fell off and didn't even make the postseason? Like, all of a sudden here came the San Francisco Giants?
1: The issue with the Padres is all their depth is at pitching. When they lose hitters, they can't really replace them. So with all time, they didn't have Patrice Jr. last year. Created a big hole in the lineup. Now he is a phenomenal player, but think about this: the biggest issue with the Padres is the offense. They have two three hundred million dollar hitters, and the biggest issue is the offense. That shouldn't that shouldn't happen like that. That that's silliness, but it's reality. And you know they've got uh, you know Adrian Morejon coming up. That too can pitch. You know uh, Nick Martinez, he can pitch. They've got young guys. Can they stay healthy, especially in the lineup, is going to make or break the Padres once again. So, you know, if they're all healthy or at least relatively healthy, Padres are a really good team in a very tough division where three teams in that division can absolutely just rake and, and pitch well, you know, the Dodgers are a great team. The Giants are a really good team. The Padres are a really good team. And then you have, you know, the D-backs and the Rockies, but that, that division is three deep of three teams that could win just about any other division in baseball. So, I don't have a problem with the Padres being where they are. I think the Padres are a very good team. I also think they've 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 got to avoid the injury bug, and they really need another bat.
0: Number four, and this is where I expect you to go off on a tangent a little bit because. Uh, You know these guys very, very well. I like to call them the cockroaches of baseball. They just don't die. You could strip them, bleed them, take their hitters and pitchers. You could take all of their best players, put them on other teams. And the Astros, who are number four, will just never go away. They have, like, what, a nine-game lead now in the West? I think four is about right for the Astros. Uh,
1: Look, they, they are in a division where... Everything is. If I can be the emperor for a second, everything is going as I have foreseen.
0: Oh, there we go. The
1: Astros are winning, and everybody else. So is So Dusty winning. Baker's Palpatine. Um, I'm okay with that. The uh,
0: the, the the issue is. I'm sorry. I can't say the owner's Palpatine. I'm I'm sorry. Jim Crane might be Palpatine. um, I think Jim Crane is Jar Jar Binks the way George Lucas originally wanted him written.
1: Jim Crane, listen, Jim Crane is, Jim Crane is a good owner. Jim Crane has done everything he said he would do as an owner, which is unfathomable in today's sports landscape. When the Astros stunk, he said, look, we stink. And we're not spending any money. We're rebuilding the the organization from the ground up. When the time is right, I promise I'll spend money. Then he did. And the Astros have had a a, a top 10 payroll. Hell, the Astros have had a top three payroll. So he has spent the money. And people get on him because if you look at what the Astros have done, they let Dallas Keuchel walk. They let Garrett Cole walk. They let Charlie Morton walk. They let George Springer walk they let Carlos Correa walk. The truth of the matter is they've replaced all of those guys from their farm system, which MLB and Baseball America always says is a garbage farm system. Yet they keep bringing up these guys who can all play at the major league level. So the Astros kind of like the Rays and, and a lot of credit goes to Jeff Luno, who, you know, is kind of a line, you know what, but a lot of credit goes to Jeff Luno because he built the engine and James Click continues to run the engine like the Rays. This is a team that doesn't beat itself. They pitch, they throw strikes, they play defense, they hit for power, uh, they get on base, they draw walks, they take pitches. The Astros don't beat themselves.
0: And to me, as long as they make the postseason, it, does, it doesn't matter whether they won the division, they're a wild card team to me, it almost doesn't matter what Houston does in the regular season. but Justin Verlander is just what, what is what what Justin
1: Verlander's right arm was blessed by God.
0: <laughs> I, I don't right, that's know that's the only way it. you
1: can explain it. The guy doesn't pitch for two years. he has Tommy John surgery. he's 39 years old, he comes or- out and he's throwing 96 miles an hour.
0: Or maybe he uh maybe he uh sold his uh soul to the devil for five more years. I don't know. One of the two.
1: Is Justin Verlander almost baseball's equivalent of Tom Brady? He's gonna pitch till he's forty five, he's gonna set a bunch of records, he's got multiple size, he's got an MVP, he's got a ring, he's got a super hot model wife. Like-
0: might have another ring, might have another ring by the end of this year.
1: And think about what the Astros are right now, right? Lance McCullers Jr. hasn't thrown a pitch. He's their second-best starter. You had uh, uh, Jake Odorizzi, who was pitching lights out, suffers a freak injury that we're all, like, just thankfully he didn't blow his Achilles. So you're down two starters. You've had your, your closer, Ryan Presley, started the year with a bum knee, had a missed time. Um, still kind of figuring it out, but I think he will. His velocity is back up. And he started the year throwing 91. He's back up to 95. But Alex Bregman has been terrible. Yuli Gurriel was the batting champion last year, and I think he's hitting about 100 points lower than he did last season. Wow. The catcher spot is a total black hole. They are platooning Chaz McCormick and Jose Sear. And I'm using the word platooning correctly, but it's probably the best way I can explain it. It's a timeshare. It's not really a platoon. One guy's not a righty and the other guy's a lefty. They're both right-handed hitters. They are both guys who play phenomenal defense. They run like deer. They both have some pop. They strike out too much. I mean, they even hit the same pitches and miss the same pitches. It's amazing how similar their profiles are.
0: So what are we we just trying to
1: ride the hot one? For now, I mean, look, their plan was, you know, when they called up Jake Myers last year, he was going to be the guy who was going to be the everyday center fielder. Myers tore his labrum in the postseason last year, jumping over the wall to make a catch, and he hasn't come back yet. So part of it is going to be Myers was a guy who wasn't really a big prospect and then everything clicked and he became a, a, a big time prospect, came up to the ashes and when he played every day, hit well, played great defense, has power, runs the bases, has a cannon for an arm. The arm that he injured is his throwing arm. Oh, so oh, what, what does that look like coming back from injury? You know, he hasn't really gotten – he hasn't gone on a rehab assignment yet. He's only doing, you know, the extended spring training games because once you send him to the minors, the clock starts ticking, and then it's 20 days. So they haven't they haven't rammed him up that hard yet. Uh, Lance Colgers Jr. is only starting to throw off a out. Neither one of these guys are likely to be back until after the All-Star break.
0: You're just lucky you're in a division where nobody else seems to know what to do. The Angels are tripping over their own feet. Noah Syndergaard started talking crap, and now they lost, like, how many games in a row? I think it really happened, like, right off that tweet.
1: Isn't, isn't that funny? The Angels always seem to be their own worst enemy. Uh, the Mariners have dealt with a lot of injuries. I think the Mariners are going to be a good team. They won 90 games last year. The Mariners will, at the end of the season, I think the Mariners will be in contention for a wild card spot. I think the Mariners really are the second best team in the division. Uh, the Angels are better than they were a year ago, but the injury bug always hits the Angels. That, like, that train is never late, and they have no depth to overcome it. You know, Joe Adele was supposed to be one of their, their young guys coming up, and he's got talent. You can see him and clearly say he's got talent. But either they don't know how to coach or that kid's got half a brain. Because from the beginning of the year to even this week, this guy makes the dumbest boneheaded mental errors that I've never seen a guy as good as he is make the stupid, moron, little league errors, mental stuff. You know, not knowing how to run the bases, throwing the wrong bag tagging up on a ball that you know you shouldn't be tagging up it should be halfway glaber torres anyone that you that you should know from little league baseball glaber doesn't know any of it glaber and that that sounds like glaber last last year at short
0: that sounds like glaber last year at short
1: so i i have to question either like are they teaching this kid anything or does he not retain it because there is a disconnect nobody with his talent and, look, and when you're that good from your whole life, by the time you're nine years old, you're told how amazing you are. And like every door is open for you. But nobody with his talent should be as low of a baseball IQ guy as Joe Adele is right now. I hope they get it right because the kid's got a- amazing talent. I mean, he, he is going to be. They need uh, to put a coach on that team.
0: If he they, don't have it a, together, they don't have a
1: manager. He's got to put it together upstairs.
0: Yeah, well, that uh, team don't think... have a manager. They don't have management. They don't have a manager. Like, I don't understand how you have the best player in baseball for 10 years straight practically, and you've done absolutely nothing with him. Can't Mike Trout Mike Trout is probably one of the top 10 players that's ever played the game statistically, and they've wasted him. They have. and, and Probably and the, the best being... player of this generation. Wasted.
1: The, the reason being, they can't pitch. And, you know, they signed out of Pujols to a monster contract. They got one year out of Pujols on a 10-year contract. He gave them one year.
0: And now he's hitting better, he hit better in St. Louis than he ever did as an angel over the past rest of that contract. So
1: whatever it is, Pujols just completely came apart uh, in Anaheim. Uh, and as a result, Artie Moreno didn't want to go out and spend big bucks. And it basically cost him Mike Trout's prime. As far as the Astros go, because the division is weak, uh, I think they are basically a lock to win the division. Yeah. I also think the money they did not spend on Carlos Correa is money they will be able to use at the deadline yes. to get another starter, they get need some that- bullpen help. How about
0: Chicago's catcher? Uh, how about Cubs catcher. Uh,
1: Wilson Contreras and David Robertson? Because hmm. David Robertson – Who's, you know, he's, he's gotta be what, like 38 years old. He's been around a long time, still a really good pitcher. And you can go get Wilson Contreras and go from having the worst offensive catching situation in baseball to one of the best. And here's the crazy thing. Wilson Contreras is actually a really good defensive catcher. I think a lot of people don't know this, but if you look up his, his defensive war, his defensive war is very good. You know, whose defensive war Turns out to not be really good. Martin Maldonado, and that dude's got a gold glove. So, yeah, the Astros need to do something about the catcher position. Uh, and look, I so think you Mets,
0: So do the Yankees, and I think all three of those teams are going to be in on the Contreras sweepstakes, and maybe even the Dave Robertson sweepstakes if you're the Mets. By the way, uh, I, this is the part of the list that pisses me off.
1: I think Yuli Guriel's got about another month to get it figured out. And if he doesn't get it figured out, I think at that point the Astros got to start making a decision. Because you can't have a first baseman with a 218 batting average.
0: Not at all. That just doesn't work. Hey, maybe, maybe uh, we maybe uh our number three team, the New York Mets, maybe we got somebody for you. Mr. Dominic Smith. Maybe if you got somebody for us, you know, we might have somebody for you.
1: At this point, I think the Mets would probably wind up selling Dom Smith rather cheaply because, yeah, he's been terrible this year. And he's just some guys, when they get regular playing time, like he did have at one point, hit the sun out of the ball. And when they don't have regular playing time, they can never find the groove. And it looks like that's Dom Smith. You know, it's. Pete Alonso had a monster rookie season, and it displaced Dominic Smith, who's had to try to learn how to play left field. He's not a good left fielder, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it's he's been kind of disaffected uh, that way, and it's it's put him off, and and he's been he's been up and down. I think if he can get regular at bats of the first baseman, uh, somebody will be interested. In him. The best thing that Dom Smith can do is go down in AAA and hit the hell out of the ball, and make himself desired so the Mets can train him.
0: Yeah, exactly. Make it so that Mets- Houston calls them. Because that, that, that's literally, if I'm looking at where can Dom Smith go, because that, that's my only thought process is where do I send Dom Smith that's going to get me an arm that can pitch a baseball? I don't know if that's Houston, though.
1: And I don't know that Houston's we- going to be willing to give up much to get him because, obviously, you know, his clock is, is long ticking.
0: Um, I don't He's know younger how much than value... Alonzo, though. I don't
1: know how much. Everybody,
0: everybody seems to forget that he's like two years younger than Alonzo. So you know, he's got know a lot of time. Value... With Don Smith. I don't know how much value he has
1: mm, because I... he has because he didn't perform at the major league level this year. He's got. Look, I'm trying to throw for hit... a
0: sales sign. I'm like I'm like a used car salesman with the flashing signs and the. Less than, less than 100,000 miles on this year model. You know, how, you know how it goes. I'm trying to get um, oh to God, me. I the Mets the team.
1: either wind up selling Dominic Smith for a, a nondescript return or he goes in a package deal to go get a, a bigger player that's going to help them.
0: Yeah, they uh, need an arm. And, and I
1: think that might be the way they go. I think he might wind up being in a package uh, to go get a starter because, you know, think about what the Mets are doing. Jacob DeGrom has some time to pitch. And, and Max Scherzer has been out for over a month.
0: And by the way, hold on. Before you go on any further with that, I had a physical ther—I have a physical therapist that comes on this show and analyzes injuries for us because I'm tired of every sportscaster thinking that they're a doctor, right? You know what she told me? And uh, a lot of people don't believe it. She doesn't think you're going to see DeGrom this year. And she said it's about a 50-50 shot you see Scherzer.
1: I think we need to be fair about Jacob DeGrom. He's been dealing with arm injuries for two and a half years. Last year, they manifested themselves more than they had in the previous years. Where, and he's thrown like a no-hitter, and all of a sudden his arm flared up, and, and now he's got to come out of the game. The fact that he still hasn't had any surgery tells you that whatever it is that's wrong is still lurking underneath the surface and until he has that corrective surgery it is going to continue to lurk under the surface um Matt Scherzer has thrown a zillion innings now he's been one of the most durable guys in in all the baseball but he's also thrown a zillion innings you know who threw a zillion innings and was one of the most durable guys in all the baseball Justin Verlander and eventually his elbow snapped out I hope that's not the case with Scherzer. But look, Scherzer has been dealing with some arm issues now since 2019 when he was on the Nats and they won a title. He was still – they had a baby him down the stretch. He was having some issues where all of a sudden his velocity is down four or five miles an hour. It was inconsistent. One game is throwing 96. Another game is throwing 92. So it's, it's kind of been coming with Scherzer also. Hopefully the time off. Uh, we'll get both Scherzer and DeGrom right where they can make this run. But if I'm the Mets, even, even if they make the run, it might cost both of them next year.
0: I'm going to tell you straight up, if I'm the Mets, I, I am not letting these guys near a mound until it's almost post. Like you have to I, right now, honestly, they're playing this well without them. McGill is back, so now you have a pseudo ace at this point. Because Tyler McGill, oh, no, no, I saw Tyler McGill
1: get his butt kicked the other day, and I know it was yeah, an aberration for him this year. But McGill doesn't have the track record of a Degrom or a Scherzer. Not at Hopefully all. Hopefully, he will continue to pitch well.
0: But it's you the- got Carrasco there, you got Bassett there, and that that low key has been the was the best move the Mets made that all season. Chris Bassett's a good pitcher, and you know
1: Oakland had a lot of. You know, those under-the-radar, good-picture-type guys. Uh, now playing in front of a, a big team like, like the Mets, Bassett is a guy I thought would, would do very well. I thought Carrasco would come back from uh, his surgery and, and, and pitch well.
0: And he is so far. Not the terrible. Issue,
1: the issue with the Mets is always going to be the bullpen. It doesn't matter who they put in the bullpen. It really doesn't. It doesn't matter who the players are, what the decade is. The Mets always seem to find ways to melt down in big spots. I can't explain it. Right? Because we watched John Franco meltdown. We watched Armando, Armando Benitez walk meltdown. in the winning run
0: in the World Series I after mean, be the closer in baseball.
1: We watched Randy Myers meltdown.
0: I watched uh, we've
1: we've watched literally everybody that they I watched Billy had.
0: Wagner's arm snap right before the Mets were going to make a World Series run. I, I we've seen it all. We've seen it all in Queens. But I think there's something different. I, 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 there's a different light. There's a different leadership that we are following. Uh, Daddy Warbucks Cohen over here is uh, he will spend whatever it takes to get a it. How, how
1: much confidence do you have in Edwin Diaz?
0: Fifty-fifty, which uh... and
1: and that's the problem because if you look at his numbers, you usually think, "Oh, that dude's awesome; he's a stud." The problem has been when the pressure gets high, uh, his success rate gets low. Yeah. And Seth Lugo is a guy that they've depended on for a long time, and well, he just blew a ninth inning lead. Uh, and look, it's it's again, it's one game, but I don't think Lugo is as good a pitcher as as he used to be. Uh, I, I question Diaz's mental toughness until he proves otherwise. And, Look, you might first have to con- year,
0: and you might have to convert Seth Lugo back into a starter. Things keep going the way they're going with the rotation and them getting hurt.
1: I don't even know that Lugo has the ability to start anymore.
0: He's been in the pen so long,
1: but Diaz, uh,
0: Joey Lucchese coming off of that uh, surgery. He actually really was not playing that. He was not pitching badly before he got hurt.
1: No. And I thought losing David Peterson hurt a lot too, because he pitched pretty well for them last year. And I think they were depending on him to, be a, a four-five starter. He had the best ERA in, in the
0: staff. He had the best ERA in the staff all season long until he got hurt. And and then he,
1: you know, unfortunately, got hurt. So you think about how many guys the Mets are down in the rotation, and they're still seventeen games over five hundred
0: because they finally have a professional freaking lineup. Well, For the first time in they like twenty, have a real years.
1: manager because the lineup's really not much different than it was a year ago.
0: Well, Sterling Marte and Mark Canna are professional hitters versus some of the guys. And, and who I are like both of there. those
1: guys. I, I thought I thought Canna would be a really good under the radar type of of move for him. So good, another guy coming from Oakland, and people in New York don't necessarily know the guys in Oakland. Not at all. Uh, I thought Canna would be a really also a a really problem good with Major League Baseball and their social
0: media and, and their promotion of the game. I should have known about a Mark Canna, but you know, but I the, digress.
1: The majority of that lineup. Of Alonzo and McCann and Frankie Lindor, and uh, you got uh, McNeil and JD Davis. Like, I mean, just that lineup is the same as, as what it was, not a lot different. The big difference is you've got a real manager. For the first time in a long time, maybe since Terry was the manager, they have a real manager who, who knows how to handle players knows how to handle the media, has his players back, but doesn't take any BS. And I think every player in that locker room knows who's in charge. They know why he's in charge. They trust him and they respect him.
0: And, and by I, the way, I don't
1: think that existed last year.
0: Not at all. And by the way, I'll give you another, uh, I'll give you another one here. Want to know why Buck Showalter is here. Want to know why guys like Dusty Baker and Tony La Russa are still around? They were the first of the old school managers that actually took the analytics book and took it seriously. So everybody who says, oh, all the old school managers, they don't look at analytics. Yes, they do. At least the ones that are successful in today's game, they, they just, just did know it how to control a team. Yep.
1: You know, instead of having a computer tell you where a guy uh, threw his pitches, you had a pitcher who pitch charted. You know, they they just did it manually back then, you know, because we didn't have the Internet in the early 90s. He loves all that stuff.
0: He loves all that stuff. But then he takes that plus his own intuition, plus his own manual work. I think a lot of these analytics guys have used the computers and use that as like a cheat code. Like they're forgetting to do the manual work. You know how like you were not allowed to use a calculator in school. You had to freehand all your math a lot of these teams in baseballs forgot to freehand their analytics. and that's. Well,
1: look, I think analytics are very important, and I always have. But here is the other,
0: here's the other side of that equation.
1: As a manager, you have to know your players and have a feel for your players. And we have seen too many instances of managers who can only work by the book. They have no feel for their players. We saw it in the World Series with Kevin Cash. I got to look at my book. So what? Blake Snell hasn't given up a hit. I got to take him out. Why? He's picking up one hit.
0: And you ruined Blake Snell's entire career off that. Like, like his career you ended.
1: pull him for a
0: lesser pitcher? I just saw a young
1: winner and I, you know what? I'm going to go to this like random middle reliever. That was the dumbest thing. You saw um, Dave Roberts does this all the time. Dave Roberts has his book, and uh, damn it, if he's not going to stick with that book, no matter what.
0: Uh, they Kevin got. Aaron. They got. Aaron Boone's finally gotten off the book a little bit. You're starting to see Aaron Boone use some feel. By the way, here's the thing that pissed me off about this list. One of the now my the vein in my head. Why are the Dodgers ahead of the Mets on this list, Pat? Can can you explain it? Because it doesn't make sense to me. They're not better than the Mets. Uh, they were. They literally could have they were up two games to none on that four game stretch. That was really supposed to show who was the best team. I think the Mets winning the last two games of that series showed me that the Mets are a better team because you come back from down from Oh two in any sort of series to either tie it up or win it. That's a, that's a victory for the team that had to make the comeback. Oh yeah. The Dodgers are generally more healthy than the Mets. Uh
1: and, and, John, that's kind of what this is. I mean, I think whether whether you have L.A. 2 and the Mets 3 or vice versa, I don't think there's a big argument to be made either way. The biggest thing going in the Dodgers' favor is that even though, uh, you know, they've they've had injuries to Kershaw, they've had injuries to Haney, and, you know, now Walker Bueller might be having uh, his own injury. Overall, they've been healthier than the Mets. Yeah. And, you know, so they've got a little bit – uh you know better record than the mets but you know what
0: well let's they, see they, actually they still have no. you got to keep know.
1: this in mo-
0: you got to keep oh, this Technically, in mo- according to winning percentage they do yes they do but they're the same uh degree of uh they're both uh, 17 games above 500 yeah. i think I dodgers think they, the like a little, slightly better
1: they've got a little bit better record not a lot a little bit better record than the mets but if you look at the dodgers run differential it's the best in baseball yes the, the dodgers put up a ton of runs and their bullpen has been better than the Mets has been.
0: So, And by the way, everybody's talking about how Mookie Betts is not having a great year, right? You know, his numbers are down. You want to know what number is really, really high for the month of June? Mookie Betts has 52 runs scored. Well, they're knocking him in. Mookie Betts
1: is a really good player. And, while he may have had his best season uh, in a year where the Red Sox were clearly stealing signs and relaying them illegally, and uh, you know, basically somehow, some way, baseball blamed this on one rogue employee in the uh, in, in the video box office, and no
0: players or anything because wrong? he was associated with the Astros. So. No, so the guy who
1: him. the guy who got busted had nothing to do with the Astros. He was just a, a Red Sox employee in the video room. Who you know was the one rogue employee? The guy was the Astros was Alex Cora. Yeah. Um, you know he got suspended for a year, gets fired, then he comes back. You your surprised. Yeah. But you know Mookie Betts is is a really good player, and and this is you know if you if you were a great player, whether you're, t- and here's the thing, let's, let's be real, every team in baseball signs them, every single one of them. The Astros happen to be relaying those signs to, with bangs on a garbage can. Other teams were using whistles. We're using hand signals. We're using verbal signals, but everybody was doing it. Hell, the general manager of the Detroit Tigers, Al admitted to the Detroit Free Press. They were doing it and they sucked. Every team in baseball did it. The difference is the Astros had a former player who was pissed off that he couldn't beat his former team for two years. They kicked his ass in his career year. They kicked his ass to the tune of a 90 RA. And the spiteful little bitch went and ran to the athletic and routed them out. And that you is know the what? only difference between the Astros and every other team in baseball. Because if you remember in that 2017 season, Baseball investigated the Astros to sign stealing no less than five times, and every single time they found nothing. So either A, baseball's the Keystone Cops, or B, they knew and they hissed, swept it under the rug. And you and I both know the answer
0: was frickin' B. It's Rob Danford. What just else like, it. Answer just
1: like the Yankees letter, we're gonna sweep all that crap under the rug. Oh yeah, just like the Red Sox, we're gonna yep. sweep all that crap under the rug.
0: Oh, by the way, by the way, but here's how the Dodgers are doing it. Even though the now Bueller's are apparently they just keep uh, grabbing pitchers out of nowhere. Tyler Anderson at nine starts is seven and zero. Oh. Um, Tony Gonslin in eleven starts is seven and zero. Oh. Tony Gonsolin was
1: really good last year too. 1. Tony, Tony Gonslin can ERA. pitch. Tony Gonsal can pitch. That's you know the Dodgers. Look, they're another one of those organizations. They churn out pitchers yep. better than anyone, and they have for 70 years. That's the Dodgers.
0: Yep. So the Dodgers, you know, the Mets, two- the Rays. This is what they do. Pitching just comes from their farm systems. By the way, number one team, obviously, and I'm not upset about this. I'm more upset about the Dodgers being put second. That that just pissed me off as a Met fan. Also, uh Oh, God, I still don't understand why uh, Toronto is uh, lower than Tampa. I don't understand why the Cardinals are even on this list. The number one team in baseball is the Yankees. And you know what? I really hate this. Not just because I'm not a Yankee hater, but I hate the fact that Brian Cashman is being made to look correct when he did every wrong thing this offseason and he's still being freaking rewarded for it
1: you know what, this is what the Yankees were supposed to be last year, mm-hmm. but they couldn't avoid the injury bug. Right. This is what the Yankees were supposed to be the year before. Right. Couldn't avoid the injury bug. Right. Can the Yankees avoid the injury bug that ultimately is going to come? Because Aaron Hicks has spent a lot of time on the I.L. And Aaron Judge has spent a lot of time on the I.L. And John Carlos Stanton has spent a lot of time on the I.L. And you know what? You know, Severino having, has spent a lot Luis of time Severino on the back I.L. Has been a huge boost for that rotation. Nestor Cortez, we're not going to cock this, by the way. Uh, Nestor Cortez has been terrific. And here's the crazy thing. He's throwing with less velocity and more success. Because as Greg Maddox once taught the whole world, you don't have to throw 100 if you can put the baseball anywhere you want it. And right now, Nestor Cortez can put the ball anywhere he wants
0: it. And for years, and I've been saying this as a, <clears throat> for the Yankees for a while, Nestor Cortez looks really good. He just never threw 90, He never threw 95. Now his velocity is actually starting to uptick the more he throws. But um, you ever notice that whenever he came in in long relief, nobody scored? Like all those playoff appearances when he was in from like the third to the seventh inning and uh, no runs were given up by the Yankees. Everybody just seems to forget about all that. Uh, Nestor the Cortez has shown you the guy could pitch.
1: Legitimately, For years shown you. the worst starter on the Yankees is Jamison Tyon. He's got a 273 ERA. Yep. He's now,
0: look, last year he got off to a very Six hot and one, start. 11, start, uh, 11 starts, six and one.
1: Last year, Tyon got off to a hot start and then faded and I think part of that was that's a guy who's missed so much time with so many injuries that after getting the full season under his belt, even though he, you know, faded down the stretch, could he rebound this year, be a little stronger? And look, that will be a that's gonna be a big difference for the Yankees going down the stretch. Is Tyon now able to pitch the whole season and not fade? Because like him, hate him, whether you think he's a D bag or not, Garrett Cole can pitch. And he might have an occasional bad game here or there, but he does. But at the end of the day, Garrett Cole can pitch and he wants the ball in a big spot. Jordan Montgomery is very underrated. He gets the job done. Severino has come back and looked terrific. Cortez looks like a young star. Jameson Tion's your fifth starter with a 273 ERA. You're in a Their good bullpen position there. is always good. And the difference for the Yankees this year is Instead of being on the I.L., Aaron Judge in, you know, essentially a a contract season looks like MVP Aaron Judge. And the offense has looked like the offense that everybody thought it was going to be a year ago. And even though maybe the entire locker room thinks Josh Donaldson's a D-bag, maybe he is, it's not affecting them at the plate. They're hitting And they've got the second best run differential in all of baseball and the best run differential in the American League by a large margin. By the way, I think the
0: third best run differential is the Mets, if I'm not mistaken.
1: And everybody always thinks Yankees and the Mashers and the offense. The Yankees have one of the four best pitching staffs in all of baseball. They do. And that's... Overall, when you consider the fact that the Mets pitching staff is depleted some right now and the Dodgers pitching staff is depleted some right now, you can make an argument the Yankees are the best rotation right now, today, who's healthy, who's pitching, who's not. They're number one right now. And if the Yankees can pitch and avoid the IL, the Yankees are the juggernaut that everybody has thought they were going to be for the last couple of years. And that is bad news for everybody else. Cause we all know the Yankees are not afraid to spend the dollars. The Dodgers are not afraid to spend the dollars. The Mets are not afraid to spend the dollars. Who's one,
0: two and three. You know what? There you go. That was the MLB top 10. Wasn't as crazy as I thought it would be. Had a little bit of uh, aneurysm in certain places. That's because we cut that part out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, you can hear downtown sports on now 19 different platforms. Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Radio Public, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Bullhorn, PodBay, Listen Notes, Podcast Addict, Verbal, Castro.fm, Stitcher, amazon music amazon audible the book app and podvine 19 different platforms I, I there's probably a lot more and I just don't know about them but you can find us we're downtown sports we are where sports come home Pat I want to thank you for coming on the show what did you think of this uh top 10 good bad ugly what'd you think we got you got about a minute
1: I didn't think it's it's terrible um i mean look some of the teams uh you know outside the top five i think we talked about that earlier ones i thought toronto was a little too low agreed um but realistically uh i don't think it was a a terrible top 10 list i'm not as uh, what put would you off grade as at? you are what by would you the, grade mets and the dodgers um i think yankees dodgers mets astros is probably that's probably about right
0: all right so uh, th- so uh, Chris and Tony get an A from uh, Pat Creighton?
1: No, the top four was solid. Okay. <laughs> what do we think about the rest? All right. So that yeah, was Pat- probably still a B. I mean, look, they had some right. teams I thought might be a- – a little, but you know what is low? They're, they're they're one spot too low. They're two spots too low. Uh, you know, it's not like somewhere in there they've got okay. Here's it's uh, not like they threw
0: the Braves in this week. They didn't put the White
1: Sox in there and say, yeah, the That's White good. Sox in number eight.
0: Yeah, no. <laughs> okay, good. Thank God. All right, Pat Creighton, uh, ESPN Radio in Houston hosts Late Hits. He is. My opinion, the number one sports talk radio host in that place. Forget your opinion. The, opinions, ratings the say. only one that matters, my it, brother. That's absolutely <laughs> right, because it's my <laughs> podcast. And that is the damn truth. Pat, thanks so much.
1: No, nah, no problem, brother. But Always appreciate you uh, giving me a
0: little time. All right. For the Beast of the East, Jonathan Perriente had to take the week off for Chris DeLarge, for Tony Mainville, for Tanya Williams. Thank you for all that you guys do, for all of them, for Pat Creighton. It's Mouth. We're out.